By way of a highly sophisticated and ingenious process, not only will your ship be miniaturized, it will be beamed below the skin of a volunteer. Good morning. Oh, what's so good about it? That mask was the only chance I had of finding my son. Chico? Nemo! His name is Nemo! Hey, all you got to get this, are you ready to hop? I said, are you ready to hop? Then put on your dancing shoes and blast back to the past at the Main Street Hop! Listen, the command considers us a bunch of losers. But we're gonna do it right this time because we're the best. We don't, we'll be drummed out of the core. Welcome to a little bit of Florida here in California. This is where the early planning is taking place for our so-called uh, Disney World project. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 532. I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, books, audio tours, special events, meets of the month in Walt Disney World and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So this week's show is an episode that is literally 10 years in the making as moving my family, my business, and really my entire life to Walt Disney World was one of the most important decisions of my life. And this week, I gather members of the WW Radio Nation who are not only friends, but neighbors, as we share our experiences about moving our families to Walt Disney World. In this first part of our two-part conversation, we will cover topics including making the decision to move, timing, logistics, the sequence, location, and then buying versus renting, the neighborhoods, schools, moving with your kids and pets, the cost of living, and even the weather. And we share not only our personal experiences and stories, but real-world practical advice just in case you've been thinking about making the move to Disney as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information about our upcoming WW Radio special events, including our e-ticket weekend, meet of the month, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. by the decisions we make, both big and small. And I think there's a certain risk-reward ratio that applies to those choices, and sometimes those are calculated based on the size of the steps that we take. And things get really interesting, of course, when it comes to taking not just a step, but a leap, and a leap that often involves a great deal of faith in yourself, your abilities, a higher power, fate, and or whatever other contributing factors you believe might actually play a part in that decision. And the stakes get even higher when it's not just you on the line, but those you love, 
a spouse, kids, friends, and other relationships. And sometimes, many times, those leaps and risks lead to some of the greatest and sometimes unexpected rewards. And for me, one of my biggest personal risks and leaps of faith has led to rewards that I never could have imagined. And that leap came when I picked up my family and moved to Florida, specifically to Walt Disney World. And it sounds easy and wonderful and magical on paper, but there is so much to that choice and that move to consider. And so this is a show that's years in the making, as my move to Walt Disney World more than a decade ago was one of the best decisions I ever made for me and for my family. And you know what? I'm not alone. In fact, all the cool kids are doing it, and many more are contemplating the same thing. So this week, we're going to look at moving to Disney from, dare I say, that one little spark of inspiration to the logistics and some of the consequences of making the move. And of course, in order to best capture the essence and the stories and the differences in our leaps of faith, I've brought together members of the WRAO Nation, friends, and now neighbors to share their experience and advice, because I definitely know that we have one message to share in common, which I think we all can agree is, come on down, the water here is nice. So joining me literally around the table in my home, because we are friends and have been for so many years, is Kenneth Johnson. Hi, Lou. So wait, very quickly, tell me where you moved from and how long you've been here. Moved here from Greensboro, North Carolina. We've been here just over a year. And Michael and Angelina Berrigan. We moved from uh, Staten Island, New York. We've been here for just over a year, too. I'm from Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the way this is going to go for the rest of the night. Uh, Tony and Charlene Caggiano. Hey, how's it going, Lou? We uh, moved down here from New York, and we've been here for six months now. Maria Raboli. Well, hello there. I moved from New York, New Jersey, and I've been here for three months. Deanna Mangello, of course, without whom this move would not have been possible. Thank God for me. (laughs) (laughs) And Mrs. Lisa Donato glasner Hey. um, Yeah, we just celebrated our one-year closing anniversary, and we came via Boston, New York, and Maryland. So a part of the reason why I have assembled this, it's it's like the, the five families meeting around the table here and from The Godfather, is... I think that we all sort of bring a little bit of something different to the move. So, Maria, you moved down here solo. Some of us have kids. Some don't. We've moved down here at different times and I think for different reasons. Um, One sort of category of person that I didn't have were um, so many people that we know that have moved down here and stayed down here who have been on the college program. And part of the reason why I didn't because I think that transition is actually different than picking up your family, making the move, and coming down here. And I will tell you, this is a show that literally has been years in the making and far and away, other than revisiting the top 10 smells of Walt Disney World, this is the one that people have requested most and a lot in the past few months because we are not the only crazy people who have made this move. And I've gotten emails much like this. So for example, Jim Orhosky says about concerns about selling his house buying and renting, starting a job, um, settling in, all the different things. So I want to sort of go around the table, and I think I've shared my story before in terms of of how and when and why we moved down there. Just to quickly recap, again, I was a lawyer. 
I had the IT consulting company on the side. I had this idea to write a book. The book became a website. The website became a podcast. And it sort of accidentally became a business. And at one point, I was literally flying back from New Jersey to Florida a couple of times a month and never thought about turning this thing that I was doing that I love so much into a business. But at one point, I said, it was that fear that I had, the fear of regret that 5, 10, 20 years down the road, I would have asked myself, I wonder what if, what if I would have taken this leap and, and given this a shot? So I literally remember the night that I came upstairs to the den, you were watching TV on that couch that we still have inside, probably with a glass of wine in your hand, don't judge. And I said, you know, I'm thinking that in order to give this a shot, I need to be where what I do is. And the, the, when you said this O and then K, I don't think the K was out of your mouth before I ran downstairs and started packing because I was afraid that you were going to change your mind. And long story longer, like we literally took all the stuff we had in storage, and we'll get to this later, that is not the way you're supposed to do it. We packed up the Honda Odyssey, threw the kids and the cat in there, and drove down to Florida to move into a house that we had never seen, that my parents rented for us, in Naples, Florida, because that's where my family was living. Um, but you talk about taking a, a huge leap of faith, and we you didn't have a job. I had no idea how we were going to make this thing work, but we just knew that we had to give it a shot, and that was the time to go do it. So mind you, he forgot to say that everything in the van was a collectible and a piece of a computer part and our clothes were in Ziploc bags on the roof. On the roof. <laughs> so I was praying to God as we drive down I-95, and I would say to my girlfriends, listen, if there is a collision and you see my underwear, please do something and do not post a thing or say anything to anybody. It's not mine. But yes, truly, everything was in a Ziploc on the roof of our, our van. And it made it down here. And Wait, mind you, we had a 22-year-old cat that I had to sedate, and we put him... We did not. The poor, poor Smokey, Smokey was fine. May he rest in peace. Mind you, I sedated him, and he was so wonderful. We had him in a little bag underneath a little... <laughs> not a Ziploc. It was not a Ziploc. You are the worst storyteller ever. <laughs> he was in a cat bag. One of the little cat bags that had air air spots for him. It was wonderful. He was sitting there. He was so happy because the bottom of the van was so warm. Oh. He was, he okay, was... listen, we're, we're very quickly, very, very derailed from the point Sorry. of the conversation. But so for us, so for us, and, and we did. So we, we lived in Naples for a couple of years. I think there was a reason why things happened. My dad passed. We stayed. And then, because again, I was still making that four and a half hour drive back and forth from Naples to Florida, sometimes in a single day. So from Naples to Orlando, <laughs> stop, it's been a long night already. Um, making that drive back and forth, we realized this is where we need to be. So our, our reasoning for coming here was very much predicated on what I was doing in terms of business, knowing that what you do for a living in terms of being a radiologic technologist, you could sort of do that job basically anywhere. And we'll also get to the timing too, because I want to talk to her about the time. I think the timing of when we decide to make that move is critical. So 
we, when we did move here, we, I had no job, but I knew definitely that in being in medical that we could definitely survive and I'd be able to put food on our table since you were working at your parents' restaurant, um, managing at the moment, by the way. We were there for two years. So yes, it was very magical. And um, Mangelos, mind you, it was great. We had a great time. And, and the Lord led us in a path that we should have been there for the two years we were there. And I worked for a wonderful company. So... Be it. <laughs> and I, I used to, I remember because I was, I'm basically an insomniac. Deanna would text me to call you, so and talk to him the whole way back from Orlando to Naples. We would talk till four or five in the morning. Just she's like, please make sure Lutus and crash the car. No, but we would. We would talk. You were doing it a few times a week. It was crazy. I literally remember live broadcasting. Not that I recommend ever doing this, but I had I was live broadcasting from my phone, and I just put my phone on the dashboard, and I just talked to myself as I drove. Yeah, don't text and drive, but live broadcasting is, is fine. Um, yeah, it was completely safe. So I think I want to know from all of you, because our stories and our reasons are very different in terms of how, when, and why did you start thinking about making the move to Florida? You know, I guess for me, um, it would be easy to say Walt Disney World, and that was certainly part of it. But I think for the most part for me, it was about the WDW radio family I had become to get uh, really close to through the podcast and through other means. And um, I think it was just the the feeling that I wanted to belong to a bigger family. And um, all of that sort of centered also around nostalgia for my childhood at Walt Disney World. So that that certainly was the genesis of the idea for me. Oh, I love you, man. That's awesome. I still remember meeting you and having breakfast with you at uh, at the Polynesian yeah. at Kona Cafe, yeah. and you made those things and stuff for me anyway. Yeah, so, great. what? Oh, <laughs> um, I I would say it's my second time living here. So the first time was in Tampa Bay for a while. And I started thinking about moving to Florida for the second time. The very first day, I landed back in New York City. And I said, I think I made a mistake. And I was going to come right back as soon as my lease was up in New York. But I I met Mr. Berrigan. And um, I told him, don't get attached. We can just be friends because I'm not staying. (laughs) And next thing you know, I was married and... (laughs) Living on Shutter Island, Staten Island, and <laughs> through through much persuasion and um, maybe some tantrum throwing, um, we wound up here in Orlando as a compromise because I was very much used to Tampa Bay, and he loved Orlando because he used to do a lot of work down here with the NASA stuff, and he was friends with Lou and. Deanna and we knew Tony and Charlene and he made me a Disney fan. I think a lot of it moving down here too with us was more the friends we had down here more so than Disney. Like you guys, we knew they uh, Tony and Charlene were coming and I think that was more a big part of it. We were selling our house in New York, we had it on the market and we just wanted to go somewhere different. Right. So. And I, after him making me tour a lot around here and then getting to know all of you, I thought, well, if we're ever going to have kids, this is definitely an area of the country to have children. It's safer. It's nicer. It reminded me of a time when I was younger and it was okay to ride my bike down the block and go see my friends or 
um, hang out at the park and you know, it was safe and everyone knew each other. So I said, okay, if we're going to start a life, it, it should definitely be in a place where we have really good friends and, you know, it's a happy area of the world, which is what I most enjoy. So we wound up here and we're here about a little over a year. The neighborhood we moved into too, it's like, it was like when we were growing up too. We actually, when we first moved in, we had children, we had kids <laughs> knocking on our door asking if we had kids. Yeah. The cutest thing. In the, the alleyway in the back and in the streets, they're playing soccer. It's not it's not like up in New York anymore. Like no. kids are looking for other kids to play with. Yeah, it was like, actually shocking yeah. at first. I thought, well, why do they want to know why we if we have kids? And they're like, oh, we just want to know if you have kids if they want to come out and play. I'm like, that is so nice because I remember that's how I made my best friends. Somebody knocked on my door one day and said, do you want to come out and play? And I just thought, all right. And that's how you met your friends back then. So I thought it was really sweet. And I thought, okay, this is a place we can stay and raise a family. And um, I was fortunate. I, I work remote, so I was able to take my job with me wherever I go. And he, you know, he's still on his journey down here looking for his place down here. But it, it's all worked out very well, and we've, we've had a great time so far. Yeah, so uh, this is Tony. And Charlene and I, like I said, we just moved down here recently this uh, March. And uh, so we've only been here for about five or six months, but the the plan to move down here started years ago, pretty much right after Lou had moved down here. And uh, we st- Lou and I started doing a bunch of stuff together on WW Radio, and we became really good friends with uh, with you and Deanna. And um, you know, we always talked about doing more stuff, and and. Uh, just our families became really close. And I think even though we were huge Disney fans, we got married at the Grand Floridian and been a DVC member since 94. Came down every year of my life, practically. Um, I think that more so than just uh, Disney World, it was the family we came down to be closer to. Um, I ran a private club up in New York, and things were going great. And we said, hey, we're going to, you know, it's kind of a joke between Lou and I and everybody because I've, I've been saying for so many years how we were going to move down here. But you know, our house was on the market. We renovated a home, and then it was on the market for over two years while we waited for the sale. And the plan was to stay at my job up there until we moved. And it got to the point where I left the job, and I worked from home. So there was no reason. I knew that we, when we got down here, a little bit different than you, Lou, is that I had a job already in place. I kind of, you know, with your help, and we talked a lot. And I started my journey up there with uh, following my dream job. And then this was the final piece of the puzzle. And when we finally sold the house, we moved down here. And, um, yeah, the real reason was I travel a lot for my business, as, as a lot of people know. And it's great for Charlene to have support. Her best friend's down here. So she's with Deanna and Ange all the time. And uh, she made great friends with Jen Hoffman and a bunch of other people. So I like it's For me, it's a lot more than just Disney World. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I probably live – I live 200 yards from the property. We watch the fireworks from the window and you hear the train, you hear the water pageant from our bedroom with the window open. I think we're the only people in, the, in this, in Windermere, who actually open our windows. Uh, Floridians, I discovered Floridians just don't do that. You're not willing to, nobody's going to let the dehumidity out of the house. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's the real reason we came down here. It was a long process. And for us, the difficulty was selling a home. So we moved down here and we we're renting instead of buying because we were so spooked by that. But we we love it, and uh, that was really the journey. Like I said, it was more than just everybody thinks you moved down here to be closer to Disney World, but it's really the family that we, we built down here. 
Because I was going to say, like as we were talking, you know, how much does did did Disney play in terms of where you were looking? You know, Florida's a pretty big place, and and you know we're not close to the beach here. So for you guys as well, you know, how much did Disney play into your decision of where to move as well? Mm-hmm. So. My story is a little different, I think, from everybody else. First of all, I just I got here three months ago, and I'm going to be here for for a year, even though some people say I'm going to be here longer. You are longer. <laughs> your, your cup says Orlando Raboli on it. Exactly. So that, okay. I'm going to hold on to the cup when I leave. Um, so it, it was very fast for me because at the beginning of the year, my life changed drastically. Everything in my life kind of just went upside down, and... I was in a moment that I was like, I either do something and change the flow of whatever is coming my way, or I'm going to get stuck. And I don't like getting stuck. Um, And so I was like, I need to go away for a little bit. And what I did, I put my house on the market. I was living in New Jersey at that time. I was very close to the city, but right outside. I put the house on the market. And I'm sorry to say this because I'm sure it's going to be painful for you to hear. I sold it immediately. It was, Nobody wants to what? hear it. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, I literally was one open house. I sold it. And, and all of a sudden, I was like, now I have to move. And I was like, where do I go? <laughs> well, that happens to you guys. And, but yeah. It is very scary once you get... We got the offer pretty fast, too, in New York, because honestly, living in in one of the boroughs of New York City, or, you know, right outside of New York City, you think, oh, these houses are so old, it's going to take forever, but there's no houses left, so it just sells fast, and people will just pay it, but it's all fun and games until the offer comes in, yeah. and then you're like, oh, oh, I, I have to move now, like, I have to pack, yep. which my husband packed everything, because I'm just like, I can't even look at that. <laughs> she would have I, thrown I, I can't everything look. away. I'm just going to work, and you pack, and he is wonderful. He does everything I don't want to do. Great husband here, not for sale, <laughs> but... For rent, maybe, not for sale. <laughs> for rent, very expensive, not for sale. Um, but, like you said, it, it's, it's almost scary, because you're like, oh... Okay, now it's really happening. It's yeah. almost like, you know, one of the, it is one of the biggest decisions you'll ever make mm-hmm. in your life, especially when you leave your entire family behind, like we did. Like yeah. We have. Yeah, we're going to talk about. I, I, we definitely want to talk about family and friends. But yeah, you guys, you Tony were not the happiest guy in the world when we would speak because it was you were, you were ready to move and you had to wait on your perfect buyer because of where you were. A lot of just factors in terms of right where you, where you were. You were in the middle of nowhere in New York, right? For, for, I mean, it's a beautiful area. I mean, gorgeous. I mean, we had a beautiful home. We completely renovated it. So you figure, hey, everything's going to be great. You're going to, you know, we're going to sell it for a profit. And we wound up taking a huge loss on the house. But the point to what, what you're saying, you were saying is that the house is on the market for two years. We did 72 showings of our home. Charlene kept track. And every one of those, she scrubbed it top to bottom obsessively. Everything was perfect. And baked yeah. cookies. And she, oh yeah, she she baked she every single showing there were fresh baked chocolate chip cookies, so the house smelled like chocolate chip cookies. Like she went all out. But when somebody offered us, they made an offer on Christmas Eve of last year. I remember calling up Lou, and I was like, they made an offer. And then when it, it got solid, I called you up, and I was like, holy crap! Yeah. Like we really have to do this now. Like, be, and I don't want to say we weren't ready because psychologically we were ready, but. When, it's, when it happens, you're almost at the point now where you felt like the house was never going to sell. Like, not to be negative, but it was really frustrating. But, right, but then, the, then the logistics come into play like, oi, we, we have to move, like, and move fast. Yeah, and we were flying back and forth, looking at apartments, looking at houses, and packing up. Um, we took a real, a, a huge note, which is something that I can't stress enough to everybody. 
And it was, I learned from Lou's hard lessons, and I, we purged our home. We came down with a fraction of what we owned. I would say we came down with a quarter. We own a quarter. Now you're not making any friends because I had all my stuff. No, but it was at your suggestion. Like, you and Deanna were like, for two years without a house on the market, you were practically beating us in the head. Yeah. You're and, lucky Deanna's not the yeah, people right now. But we, it was, yeah, and we, uh, I mean, we donated, we sold, and in the end, I bought a 20-yard, I rented a 20-yard dumpster, and we filled it to the top. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you talk about the loss on your house. When, when we made that decision to move, I got killed. I bought at the highest point in the market, <laughs> and I sold yeah, at the lowest point. I brought, like, a lot of money to my closing, like... Still to this day, like, it still hurts to think about how much, but once the decision was made that we had to move, you know, you were going to do it. Yeah. Maria, you're, again, your, your story was different because, and I remember we spent a lot of time yeah. on the phone like, about the move and making yeah. the move and talking about it, and then it literally happened for you, like, overnight. Yeah, it, it was literally overnight. It was super fast. It sold, and all of a sudden I was like, I got to move, and I had a whole house to pack and throw everything out, and that's what I did. I literally threw everything out, donate it, just give it away, and um, I came, I was here in Orlando in April during the Star Wars, you know, 5K, 10K weekend, and I gave myself one day to come, to go around and look for apartments. I made the appointments when I was still in New Jersey. And I remember I met with you. We drove around. There was a place that we saw together, and, and I was like, "This is it." And you knew, like, yeah, you knew I knew it. it. I was like, "This is the place." And you know, of course, I got all the application and everything, and everything just it moved really fast. And so all of a sudden, and I did everything by myself. I moved by myself. I closed the house by myself. I had no idea what the hell I was doing, like zero, zero. But you know, you're in the middle of it, and you just go with it. But the reason also why I picked Orlando, there were a couple of different reasons for me. One was because I also have my own acting studio in New York. I knew this was a good place for me to also open my acting studio here because of the parks. You have a lot of actors. And I used to have actors coming from Orlando to study with me in New York. And I, I would ask them, like, why do you do that? Like, I don't, I mean, I'm very flattered. But, but they were like, we don't have that kind of opportunities down there. We do have a couple of acting schools, but not as many and not, you know, the way they do it in New York. And so I realized when I started teaching here that I was like, this is a really great place for me to actually spread out a little bit. And so I'm doing that. And I started right away, like the, the month I already, you know me because I'm a hustler. So, you know, I started right away. And then the other side of Orlando, for, to, to move to Orlando for me was to just be in a place where kind of everybody's happy. <laughs> I know it sounds very corny, but I needed that in my life. I just needed that kind of happiness around to just recharge and it's interesting because I knew you, Lou, but that was it. I hadn't met you yet, Diana. So I was like, I don't know anybody there. I don't have family. I don't really have family in New York, but I have my friends there, my family there. And so it was scary. I mean, it was, you know, and I, I still remember like three months ago, but closing the house, leaving the keys in the mailbox. I'm like, 
oh my god what am i doing here and just got in my car my cat next to me and it was not in a bag it was not it was in a box <laughs> i did not put my cat in a bag <laughs> um and we dropped and we just drove down here and i was i was like i, I don't know what i'm doing and it was you know what was interesting for me the drive down here because it was the worst weather I've ever driven through like to a level that I was like I'm not gonna make it <laughs> like it was coming down so hard I couldn't see the front of my car it was it was insane for two days it was insane and all of a sudden there was this beautiful sky and it was like sunny and warm and I was still wearing my jacket and my scarf from New Jersey from two days before and I was like yeah I think I'm good for a while here <laughs> it was a one thing we dealt with down here too was she's talking about uh, picking out apartments and driving around quick uh, I came down a week before Angelina did when we decided to move down here I looked at probably a dozen different houses in different communities picked out the couple we wanted to look at and by the she flew down because of her work schedule she was going to come down for one day so by the time she came I down I flew in picked one yeah. said give me that and left but the, the house, housing market down here is moving so quickly. Yeah. Uh, she, she, there were three models of what we wanted available. By the time she flew in, uh, a couple one days I later, was gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. there were there was out of the three we wanted, there was one left, and there was already a pending offer that the person was dropping off the money that night. Yeah. So we actually were able to grab that house. So the housing market down here. You, you can't sit on it. You have to. Mm-hmm. Grab it I am quickly. a bit of a weirdo because. Um, how did we pick the house that we I knew which house we were going to get without even looking at it she found it on the internet no Um, he came my real estate agent sent me a list of all the lot numbers that were still available in the community and I it just spoke to me the lot number I said that we're going to have that one he was like you can't pick a house off of a lot number I'm like I like UU03 it speaks to me I feel like that's (laughs) if there was a a buy button on the underneath it like just buy buy it now I would have bought the house online and he's like, you can't buy a house online. I'm like, it just speaks. The lot number speaks to me. I know when I feel it in my gut, that's my house. He goes, you haven't even seen it yet. And then it just turned out that the house I thought I wanted when I was looking at them was taken. And UU03 was the one that was still available. And we wound up picking it. I'm like, I told you. I, 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 I'm, uh, you know, and as we sort of tell, talk, we'll talk more about the choice and, and where we actually went. Like, I get it. because And so, all right, I'll quickly story. When we were living in Orlando, as we were living in Naples, our lease was up. And I said, it's, we have to make this move. I drove up here on a Tuesday, right, found the house, signed a contract, and we were packing on Thursday. Like, it happened very, very quickly. And so, and, and I want to sort of get to exactly where we all are because I want to sort of get to specifics for people who are thinking of doing it. But I also had a certain feeling about where I wanted to be and the reasons why we were doing it. So clearly I picked the wrong seat at the table. <laughs> how long have we been talking? Um, this no. is not going to be the shortest show ever. No, it's not. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff, to, because there's a lot to cover. There is so. a lot to cover, um, and there's a lot behind all of our reasons for being here. Um, so, you know, my, my story is, you know, different, just like everybody else's. Um, you know, I was, you know, my... 
my short and silly answer to this, and I've, I've talked about it a lot, is, you know, life is too short not to live in Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think, you know, growing up, I vacationed here, and it was fine, and I would leave at the end of the vacation and, and go back to, to where we were, and, and that was the right thing. And I think all of my life I've tried to be in the place that – meshes best with my soul and where I am in that moment. And, you know, I grew up in Maryland and went to college in New York and, um, you know, law school outside of Boston and then back to New York and then back to Virginia and Maryland. Um, and, and each of those moves was based on sort of what meshed with where I was in my head and my heart at that time. You know, in, in high school, I was telling Maria that I used to go visit my, my father when he was working in New York, and I wanted to take the escalator up in Penn Station into the city. And as I would rise up those stairs, I would feel my soul mesh with the energy of the city, and it was right. Um, and it was time, when it was time to go to college, it was Columbia, and it was for that reason. Because as I went up that escalator and I felt the energy of the city mesh with me, and it was right. And then I got to this point in my life, and like I said, I used to leave here at the end of a trip, and it was fine, and I went back to my life, and that became very different. You know, we, like, like you, Lou, I lost my dad, um, and, you know, about six months after we lost my dad, we started coming down here as a family very frequently, um, and, and, and my heart was here. Um, and I think that very first trip down here after we lost my dad, we came down here, we stayed at Boardwalk, and I remember being out there on that first night and just feeling the air of Florida and the smells, and everything just mm-hmm. felt right. In the same way that that escalator in Penn Station mm-hmm. felt right, Florida felt right. Um, and ever since that trip years ago, um, I've known that this was where I was supposed to be, and it took a lot of years to make that happen. Um, I was stuck in big law, um, as the primary breadwinner for my family for 14 years. Um, and getting out of that was a process that took a lot of time and energy and planning, um, and I don't do things lightly. Um, so we needed to know we had all the pieces in place. Um, but it, when we did get the pieces in place and we finally had a situation where we were fully portable, um, I remember sitting down with you, Lou. I met you just after I left the job. Um, in big law and sitting with you and you said something to me along the lines of, you know, you're if you a could crazy be- person. I said, you, I think I said you're a crazy person. <laughs> and I was a little bit. Um, but I remember you saying something along the lines of like, you know, if you could plan your perfect day, what would it be? And I knew, and I, and I had known well before I met you and I just sort of gestured around me and Epcot and said this, this, um, and you know, we've, we've gotten the, you know, we got everything in place and, I have a, you know, a husband and two children and two cats and a Great Dane, and we had, we had recently lost my dad, so my mom was in Maryland, and leaving her was a very, very big deal. Um, but you know, slowly we got the pieces in place and, um, and, and got ourselves moved down here, and, and it has worked itself out, but it, it was not a move that, that was made lightly, but I think it was, I've known for a very long time that this, just like I knew in high school that I belonged in New York, in this moment, I know that I belong in Florida, and so we've made that happen. So I, I just want to add to that, because I think you hit the nail on the head when you said you know when you belong somewhere. So growing up in Brooklyn and taking the train into Manhattan every day, and I, for you it was Penn Station, which, bless your heart, you thought it was where you should be, because... <laughs> Even as a girl growing up in the city, I'm like, oh, Penn Station, God, no. Um, I would come out in Grand Central, and I thought, oh, this is, this is where I belong. This, and you mesh with the city, right? You feel that energy, and you know that's where you belong. And then somewhere down the line, the older you get, something changes, and you don't feel the same way about that city anymore. And um, for me, I, I did not have the... Um, 
opportunity as a child to come here as often as other people would on family vacations. My family vacation was like going to Staten Island or Long Island. So that was like the woods to us back then. I'm like, we're going to the forest to see our cousins in Long Island. They have trees. Yes, yes, exactly. Big day trip. Big day trip. But um, so my dad had moved down here with my brother when I was about 20. And I would come down quite frequently because back then JetBlue, you can come to Florida for less than a taxi cab ride from Brooklyn to Manhattan back then. It was like 69 bucks each way. I'm like, okay, I'll go for the weekend. And I thought, wow, you know, this is nice. And, you, you know, and it's not the 70s anymore where you have to be in New York City to make money. You can make money anywhere now. Um, and so I just, you know, the first, my first move down here to Florida, like I mentioned earlier, was to Tampa Bay. But it was big, the same reason that you had. I no longer felt like the place that I grew up in was home anymore. I felt more at peace when I landed. When I got off the airplane in Florida, I felt a peacefulness that I hadn't felt in a long time. And then it began to feel like home. And, like, I really found myself down here. I moved. I made the move. I just packed up my car, and I drove down, and I never looked back. I was, like, 25. I was 25 years old, going on 26. I moved back home to um, New York when I was 30. I thought that it was the right thing to do career-wise. And then, like I said earlier, I was like, big mistake. Um, And then I I met my husband. But um, he would bring me down here often, and that's how I met all of you. And um, I always told him, and he he didn't understand at first. Best day ever. Um, But he didn't understand at first. When we would land in Orlando, we would land at MCO, and it... I just became a different person. I was like, oh, I'm home. And he's like, what do you mean you're home? You're, you were born and raised in New York. And I'm like, you don't understand. New York City is not home to me anymore. That's not who I am. That's who I was maybe 10, 15 years ago. But this is home now. So it, you hit it on the head. That's why people move here, I think, because it just feels right. It, and everybody here is nodding their heads and shaking in agreement. It, it, it very much is about a feeling. You know, and, it, and when it comes to timing... Like, I sort of knew, I always felt the same way about Florida. We always vacationed in Florida, whether it was the Panhandle or Destin or other places. And I knew that someday, like all Italians from New Jersey do, like, you retire to Florida. Like, if you're Italian and Jewish in the Northeast, this is where you come. Right, you come down here to, like, you know, wear socks with sandals and die. So, but... I agree about that, that feeling and things like that. And when we lived in Naples and when I drove up here, and we'll sort of talk about the, the locations that we chose too, I always knew that I had this love of Disney, but it was after I sort of found a house, one of the first things I went to go looking for was a school and a church. I get choked up every time I tell the story. I will never forget, I needed to find out where my kids were going to school. Again, we're talking about timing. All of our timing was different for me. For us, it was the right time because our kids were young. They weren't so heavily vested in school and friends and sports. It was easy to sort of pick them up. They were, what, five and things like that. I found the church and the parish and the the school that we were going to send them to, the, the Catholic church. And I will never forget standing in the narthex, whatever, standing in front of a statue. And I called you up, like, with my heart in my throat and was like, this is where we're meant to be. And I will tell you, spoiler alert, this is where we were meant to be. And that has almost nothing necessarily to do even with, with Disney. Mm-hmm. 
It's just the feeling that we have in this place, right? This is where we're we're all meant to be. And also, on top of all that, like when one door closes, another one opens. It was like at that moment we had to get our children into school, and it was like timing. I got an email. He was in Disney. I found this house. I said, go see it. I said, we got the kids into school. I said, I have two trucks. He said, you're crazy. I said, we're moving in two weeks. And here we are. And I literally, and we, when I, and we rented, we'll talk about and renting. We, we moved into this house. I moved into my house sight unseen. Yeah, we never saw it. He right. took pictures of each room. And he sent it to me. I said, you need to sign the papers. He said, why? I said, our children are in school. We're leaving yeah. in two weeks. Yeah, and I did. And I literally walked, and I'll never forget, I, with the realtor, walking in the front door, and I sort of looked around. I'm like, this is it. And that is very, you know, that is not Lou Mangello. I'm an overthinker, shocker. But I was like, this, and we rented, but I knew this is where we were supposed to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, felt, well, that's what we did it's, when I, I... Well, it's funny you mentioned it, because yesterday we had the same conversation. I, I usually in the morning go for like a three-mile walk, and I came what? back. Tony does? No. no. Oh, crazy okay. talk. <laughs> I and <laughs> I found him in the house, and after my walk, I said to him, this is the place. This is exactly the place, she I was, think. She had tears in her eyes saying, yeah. this is where we're supposed to be. Yeah. And it, yeah. this is six months into it. This isn't the first time she said it. Yeah. And like you were saying, I came down, if you remember, I came down in February. I was here. I stayed at Michael's house. And one day we drove around and looked at rentals. I flew away for business for a few days. When I flew back, Charlene met me. And we looked at a couple houses. When we walked in the house we're in now, she, without even talking, the realtor didn't even speak. We walked in, and I turned around and looked at her, and she goes, this is our house. That's what she said to me. This is our house. And we didn't even know what the rent was on the house. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlene's like, this is our house. You know, well, no, everything. they took pets. That was the yeah, main they, thing. They, they it was <laughs> to rent a house in Florida, and you have a dog. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, we knew. Yeah, this but we knew. But we knew. Like, she just... and. Quite literally, I mean, well, I didn't pick out the house. I looked at him and I took her and I said, look at this one. And that was it. It was done. Wait, I actually think Lisa lived with me for, I think, two days before she signed the papers for her house because she needed to show residency and we were her residents. I, I think and you were days. you were a little suspect of me signing over. <laughs> so we were, up, wait, we're upstairs in the bathroom, and Lou's like, "Oh, by the way, my friend Lisa, she needs a place. Uh, she, we're, she's not staying here, but she just needs to say that she has residency, and she's using us as a resident." I'm like, "This was oh, my okay. address. This this was my address too for the past what four years." A lot of people lived at my house at different yeah. points of time. Yeah. Well, I have my own suite. Yeah. yeah. So if anybody needs a walkthrough of how to get their kids registered for school in Orange yeah. County, I'm your go-to. Yeah. But no, so we were building a house, and bless their hearts, they kept moving our dates all over the place for when the house was going to be ready. Initially, it was supposed to be July, and then it was going to be like early August. And um, so school starts very, very early um, here in Orange County, and um, my kids were supposed to start school on August 14th. Um, and you need to be a resident of Orange County in order to register your kids for school. Um, and all of a sudden, I got this phone call. They were like, yeah, the house is going to be closing on August 17th. And I was like, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> that is something hard to grab, too, the, how early school starts down here, yeah. being from the Northeast. Yeah. My nieces and nephews just left this morning to go home to New York. They start school the middle of next week. 
kids here have been back to school for three weeks. Yeah. My kids have been back for almost a month. Yeah. We're in Northeast just after yeah. Labor Day. Yeah, so short of like Hurricane Irma, you know, it's 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 a different, it's a sort of luxurious schedule here because they start early and they finish early, but you don't have the sort of like snow day issues and all of that yeah. built in. So they have these sort of nice long breaks throughout the year. Um, and for the most part, you don't have the weather issues that you have up if north. There's a snow day. There's a big problem. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a big problem. And I mean, having off for a week for Irma last year was sort of unique. But um, but no. So yeah, they kept moving our closing date around, and um, then they had bumped our closing date to just just predicted closing date to just after our school was supposed to be starting, which didn't work for us. So yeah, Lou, you were kind enough to rent out on paper your. Yeah. And you, I could have written anything. I read it. You did. I went read to law it. school too. So I, I PDF that thing ago. to you and got that signature back in less time than you could possibly have read it. Um, but no, so yeah, I was, I was on paper a resident of your guest room for, you know, long enough for me to get my kids registered and everything worked out at the end yeah, of the day. You say so. sight unseen. It's, it's this is how we bought my house and I never even saw a finished model. It yeah. was. Well you, well, you at least saw a frame. Yeah, you I saw a frame. But, so but what, there was no models available for me to look at that were fully finished because they were all bought the day before. So I Literally just, the day before. I went based off of um, pictures on the internet and a wooden frame. And I said, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, because you, you have to act fast. But so let's, because one of the questions I get probably more than anything else, where, where, any of the, 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 the details and the minutia is where. Like, where do I go? You know, where... So for me, obviously, because what I do center around Disney, I knew I had to be around Disney. When we first looked and thought about this years ago, the go-to place was Celebration. Like, you think Disney, you think Celebration. It was the Disney town. That's where you went. I remember driving around there with you, and Celebration is beautiful. But we were driving around the community, and it was almost like, cue the dog, cue the lady in the stroller. Like the Truman Show. It was. It was like, oh, and I'm like, whoa, this is almost like... Too perfect, and you, you work. Right. I work there, so I know that it is. It's still like that, right? And it's beautiful, and it's, it has changed a little bit since Disney has has, has given away control over. But there's a lot of other locations around here, and, and so as people ask about the details of, of where do I go, I think that we, you know, we're all in the same. We all sort of live in, really actually in in the same town. We live in Windermere. I hate giving away the name um, because. This, they are going to run out of houses soon. We were just talking about how it's changed in the past three and five years. It is just north of Magic Kingdom. Windermere, Winter Garden, are, I think, are sort of the, the two best locations to look at because I think you have that close proximity to the parks, right? You can hear, um, you can hear the train whistle. You can set your clock by the fireworks at night. You can open up your windows or go out on your patio and, and hear... The, the fireworks the sometimes, the water, the the, they're crazy well. people. But, but I think the thing that's really interesting, so again, Windermere, Winter Garden, Claremont, Davenport, Davenport a little bit, Davenport's a little bit farther out, but still, you know, 15, 20 minutes away, is the thing that's beautiful about this community is it is a community. There is zero tourism up here at all there's like this invisible like fence between no no but no matter who moves here 
Right, but there's there's no T-shirt shops. There's no, there's no exactly. you know chain well, restaurants. There's no place to stay for tourists, yeah. and I think that's, that's why it's going to yeah. stay that way. But it's not even like there's no vacation rental homes right. up here. Exactly. There's no. There's right. So there's yeah. So I think um, I mean if you're starting to look here, I think celebration is worth a look. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's really it's beautiful, but it's it there is a lot of tourism there. It's Disney associated with the name. Um, and there's, you know, there's a premium on the, I think the, the house is there for that reason. Um, it is lovely, certainly drive through if you're considering it. But yeah, I mean, I think the short list of places to look, if you're looking, um, to be near Disney is Windermere, Winter Garden, Claremont, and maybe Davenport. Um, we're all in Windermere. Um, we are as the crow flies 1.2 miles from Cinderella castle. Um, we can open our bedroom windows at night, just like Tony and hear the water pageant. <laughs> I do you all the, the time. All you can hear outside is the fireworks and Tony. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, I can hear Tony water and every night. Yeah. No, you can, but you can, you can hear the water pageant streaming through the, the, um, yeah, the the windows at night. You can see the fireworks. You can set your clock by them. I wake up to the ferry and the train whistle. Um, but at the same time, which is what you were saying, it's extraordinary because you would ne- other than those the sight of the fireworks and the sounds of the water pageant and the ferry and the train whistle coming streaming through your you know your window and in the night sky at night, you would never know you're a mile from Disney. It's incredible, and you you couldn't say that at Celebration certainly because there's heavier tourism there. I think one of the big things too in the area, we're in a Angelina and I are in an area called Summer Lake. We're behind the Magic Kingdom. We're South Winter Garden. South Winter Garden. Six miles from Magic Kingdom. <laughs> we're in the we're down Reams Road on the other side. We can watch fireworks from our from our bedroom every night too. But the thing is, a lot of the communities down here, we're in an area called Summer Lake, where uh, Hamlin Groves, where they're trying to connect all the areas. It's uh, a lot of downtown areas with. Uh, Walking paths, bicycle paths, golf carts, trying to make a sense of community, like all the different downtown areas. Yeah, that's the the goal of Horizon West. They own um, Summerport, Horizon, um, Hamlin, and their goal for our community down here behind Magic Kingdom is to make it a walking, biking, golf cart-friendly area to give everyone a sense of community, but also to cut down on... The car traffic, mm-hmm. which you know happens when you build so many mm-hmm. homes, so it's nice that they're keeping all of this into consideration. Mm-hmm. That we're all moving down here and we're building houses by the second, but still considering our quality they of life. They just want to connect everything. Yeah, which is nice. And it's kid safe. Lots of places from the yeah. like roller skate and bike ride. And I remember I, driving Kenneth around yeah. and Lisa and Maria around yeah. to see, mm-hmm. yeah. because there there are so many. Unlike when we first moved here. There were still a lot of, you know, groves and trees and just dirt. And now there's such a wide variety of types of housing to move into, whether it's apartments, condos, single-family homes, gated communities. They're, you know, sometimes people know the name Windermere because they think back, what has it been, 10, 15 years ago, Tiger Woods. You know, there, there's a very higher-end section of one of the highest concentrations of wealth in the country is, is in Windermere. But there's also a lot of places for you can come to, you know, rent or buy. The other thing that's happened, too, is our community, I believe, as it's gotten bigger, it's also gotten smaller. And what I mean by that is when we first moved here, there was a Walgreens. There was a Publix and a small little strip mall up the street. We used to have to go into Winter Garden Village. We used to have to go to other places. Now, all of a sudden, there's places to shop. There's places to eat, and it's not all chain restaurants. There's some wonderful 
mom and pop places. There's a few secret sushi places. So our community <laughs> has... I'm not giving out the names of the places. I'm not a crazy person. Um, but I'll take you there if you call me. Um, but so... And I remember you had been staying at a house, and I remember driving you guys around to look. Because um, what I want to do now is sort of transition to when you come down here, what was the choice? Do you rent? Do you buy? Do you build? You know, you can't rent for six months. You've got to sort of, there's, there's an investment of time yeah. we when you do. For how many years? We rented for way too long way because too we couldn't find, because they weren't, these communities weren't being built yet. Mm-hmm. We had a very, very limited selection. And then the day, you know, the day after we bought a house, all these other communities popped, these beautiful <laughs> communities popped up. But so, yeah, but I love our community. and I do too. And we actually moved, so we, we live um, in a wonderful non gated community. Oddly enough, the house that we rented, the model house that we rented, ended up being the model house that we bought. We literally moved into the exact. So when I it's very weird. So when I walked into the house, and I'm like, I don't even need to see upstairs. I know exactly what it looks like. I'll take it. You know, so it happened It very, very... Well, it, it happened when I was running one day, and I saw all this activity going on in this house, and I said, what's going on here? And the owner said, listen, our renters are leaving, and we're going to put it on the market. And I said, oh my gosh, you're kidding. Do you mind if I come in? And he said, well, there's painters in here if you don't mind. So I came in, and I'm like, listen, I'm like, do you mind if I bring my husband by later? He's like, absolutely. He's like, if you don't mind, there's painters. And I said, yeah. Well, we ended up coming in. It went on the market for one day, and we ended up putting an offer on it, and we bought it. I think also, um, for some of us, you have no choice but to buy. So it depends on where you're moving from. Um, We had to buy. We didn't have the luxury of renting and figuring out what kind of model home we were going to get or whatever. We had to buy and then figure we'll sell in like two years if we don't like that model. Because if you make a profit off of your home when you sell, depending on what state or city you're in, like we had to spend it on another property within a year or else we were going to pay luxury tax. So we were forced. Like Monopoly. Yes, like Monopoly. So we were forced to, that's why I flew in that morning, picked one, flew back home, and we started packing because I said, well, we have to buy something within 12 months. We don't have time to rent. Mind and you, then she go flew in. I did a week's worth of legwork before her. I printed out directions on she which homes money. to look at. So, so it depends on where you're coming from. Right. If, if you make a profit on your home sale, then you're forced to buy sometimes right away. And then what we did was we just bought the... The smallest, most comfortable model at first and figured if we need something bigger, we'll sell in two years and we'll get something bigger. But for now, you have to move. But if you have the luxury to be able to rent first, I strongly suggest to do that right. so that you can explore and then see what kind of floor right. you got to feel. you got to feel comfortable. And Tony, yeah. you're doing the same thing. You want to make sure you knew pretty quickly it was home, but now you have the, the choice of being able to, mm-hmm. to build or buy where you want. What was it for you? Yeah, it was pretty much the same for me. Um, we made probably three house hunting trips down, and I remember the cabins at Fort Wilderness became sort of our <laughs> second home for those trips because it, you know, staying in Disney resorts is great when you're on vacation, but um, you know when you're just in and out to do something, it was great to be able to park our car right in front of the cabin and mm-hmm. um, all the conveniences that come with that. But yeah, we made three house hunting trips and sort of. Um, we, we knew we wanted to be here within, you know, just a mile or two of the Magic Kingdom. And um, we we finally settled on a, a neighborhood and, like all of you, could not get the house we wanted. And uh, we we decided to build. And um, we, we also rented the same model that we were building for about seven months. 
um, before we moved in. So yeah, and that experience was great for us. Renting first, um, I'd concur with that. It gave us, um, and if you can rent the exact house you plan to live in, and and your building, that's even better because you know all the all the things that annoy you about it, and you can, um, you know, really really customize it for yourself yeah. that way. And other than your your closing date getting pushed back a little bit here and there, oddly enough, again, we all come from the Northeast where things are very, very fast-paced. Things don't happen that way in Florida. Things are very slow. Fast food is a bit of an overstatement. It's yeah. it's medium pace. However, when it comes to buying a house, things happen very, very quickly. Yeah. It's like buying uh, a car down It's here. It happens almost like, like, so I know like living in New Jersey, you're closing that you buy a house. Your closing date is 45 to minimum. 90 days easy. 45 from minimum. Here, yeah. it's like, can you come in tomorrow and close? Yeah. Because it does happen. Yeah. It holds up. Yeah, it's, in terms of what your requirements are, in terms of attorneys and stuff like that, but it's very, very different. Than- also, Lou, you have to remember, like, it didn't happen that rapidly for us either. There were a few houses that we put offers on that people came in underneath us and gave right. cash offers. Right, so we lost a lot of houses because of cash offers, yeah. which audio tours on sale for $10. The average um, time on market. <laughs> For a house in this area, that's between two and four hundred thousand is measured in hours now. Yeah. It's yeah. like forty-eight hours, and it hasn't changed. I mean, as much as rapidly as they're building, and there's still and, and the other thing too is it just without going into specific numbers, the cost of living down here and the cost of a home. This house would have cost us four times as much. What if if this if we lived in this house? In New Jersey. Like our house in New York would have cost three times as much. But like as we were talking about the closing and stuff in New York and down here, in New York when we closed on our house in April of 2017, there were 17 people in the room on both sides. They ran out of seats at the table. They ran out of seats. There were bankers in the background on the fo- in the back on the phone. They, they, I didn't even know what these people were there for. It was ridiculous. But when we came here, it was just our real estate agent. Yep. It was our real estate agent. Some other lady. It was the closing agent, our real estate agent, who didn't even need to be there, Angelina, myself, and our dog in her stroller. Matthew. We're not crazy people. God bless but the do- we, we literally checked out of the hotel that morning, went to close, and went to our house. Right. So we literally had the dog in a stroller. So it does happen that fast. It so does. It's I, like buying a car down here. Absolutely. And, and the process is, is, um, is very different, too. And I think one of the things, too, is in, in terms of searching for a house – we had gone through so many different processes from looking to build to looking to buy to working with realtors. Eventually, what I did was I stopped working with realtors and I just I would go to, directly to the listing agent mm-hmm. and find the listing agent, sort of eliminate that other person. Sometimes you could negotiate with them in terms mm-hmm. of, their, um, of their commissions on the houses as well. Plus, we had been through the process so many times. And once I realized that the whole closing process itself was not only so fast but so very different I'm like we don't need to involve any um no any lawyers different. no lawyers <laughs> one nice thing we found with our the eight real estate agent who got us our rental is that because the market goes so quickly here we are leasing our home and we're in for a year lease but should we find a home we like if we work with her we can get out of our lease at any time nice. because she has the lease and it's amazing because she, I don't know how you know how she backs it up. That's not my business. But a lot of these agents will 
if you work with them with the same agent, you can get out. I can get out of my lease. I'm in a one year lease. I can get out tomorrow. She also knows because she can rent. She can rent that she house can rent it in no sweat. Yeah. Our right. house was empty for 24 hours for a complete like scrub yeah. down, yeah. and we're you know. A couple of you bought. We're renting. I mean, luckily we lost so much on our last house, we didn't have to worry about you know any capital gains. But um, but for me, Charlene is all in on our neighborhood, and I love our neighborhood. But I'm still wrapping my head around, as Lou called it, the love thy neighbor thing, because some of the homes are very close here, and the people who are here are amazing. I mean, when we moved in, we had four different neighbors stop by to say hello. And in New York, I never met my neighbors. Like, right. New know, York, your neighbor knocks on your door, like, oh, what do you want? Right. Like, because, like, I mean, that's another thing, too. Taking Disney out of the equation, and not to sound jaded, people are just nicer here. Like, but I think you know, the people who are moving to this area are of the same mindset. I mean, not to, not to overgeneralize, but a lot of them are. I mean, not everybody. But it was, you know, the only decisions we had, the only, when we were looking at an area... It was Charlene's criteria was it had to be walking distance from Deanna's house. Then Ange moved down here. <laughs> and then we moved. So we actually moved two more miles away when I heard that. <laughs> and then Angelina moved here and it was like, I need to be halfway between Ange, which we almost. What I'm Tony serious. Does, what Tony saying. doesn't know is we all just put for sale signs in front of our house. <laughs> <laughs> but she, but, you know, Charlene, I mean, she loves the close knit neighborhood. She grew up in a similar neighborhood and it is safe. There's lots of, of you know, people around, great friends. Um, Ken's son walks over to my house to meet my son. They're buddies. They like, I got to deal with that kid knocking on my door three days a week. Um, no, but he's a great kid and it's a great fun. But yeah, that's something you know. That's something to consider when you. And I think too, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to sort of generalize. You get more value for your dollar down here. Like Maria, when we went, you know, we, we went looking for apartments, which again, we're we're literally going. The guys like, if you don't take this today. It's not going to be here tomorrow. And you're like, no, I need a couple of days. He's like, you're not going to have a couple of days because things in terms of the market move very fast. But although you get a better value for your dollar, I think we all sometimes felt like we, we were shrinking down a little bit in terms of size of the house because you don't need such a big house. We're more interested in, in the experiences than, than the things. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the, the apartment that we saw together, that's the apartment where I'm living right now. For me, it was incredible because we're walking through the apartment, brand new. I'm the first person living in that apartment because it's brand new. And when he said the price, I laughed. I was like, no. And I was like, no, really. That was like a weekly I was like, yeah, I was like, is that for the closet? Because <laughs> it's not. And even though it's considered kind of a high rent here, for someone from New York, it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's and, and really. You don't mind, not your place. No, no. But give an idea. So for people, because I want this to be valuable for people yeah. so they understand. You know, you live, in, what sort of size and number of bedroom apartment do you have and what do you pay in rent? Yeah, I'm in a, in a very big <laughs> one bedroom apartment. So I have a beautiful, completely new like renovated beautiful kitchen um there's a very spacious living room i have a patio <laughs> i just want to say i have a She's patio i know like there's a little bit a patio yeah beautiful bathroom a bedroom and <clears throat> a walk-in closet thank you very much which you told me was as big as your first apartment it was exactly the, the size of my yeah 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 wash and dryer in it and yeah and i pay 1350 
That's insane. I know it's insane. And on top of that, no, it's no, you can't get nothing in New York for that. And on on top of that, it's a brand new complex where there's a beautiful pool. There's three gyms in there, so it's absolutely. Wait, and you can't shovel. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think also, you know, I was listening to you guys talking because, and Lou, you know this, Dan, you know, but the love that I have for New York goes beyond anything. Like I was talking to a friend of mine here. And it was like, I have never heard anybody talking about a city the way you talk about New York. So for me, New York is home. It will, and that's why I'm here for a little bit. And then, sorry, guys, I, I think it's I will okay. go. It's okay. <laughs> but the thing about Orlando in this area, I think you feel very welcomed. There's a very sweet, like, energy in the area. And a lot, it's also from the parks. Because you get that. You go to the parks, you have, you know, that happy-go-lucky all the time that sometimes might not be completely true but <laughs> most of the times and you feel at home they make you feel very welcome they feel they make you feel very uh loved in a way and it's beautiful to feel on the other side me personally and and again i'm just bringing a different voice to the table i do love that fast pace craze crazy energy of new york because it inspires me and what i do and so and you know you were talking about celebrations before right and that area and how clean and perfect it was and it still is for me this whole area is like that because you know i you know i come from you know the east village or the west village or you know and so i'm like where are the graffitis here <laughs> where's the street arts so i miss that i miss that a lot you know yeah so you know what i mean so, and i love that exactly exactly but you know for for me that's new york but you know orlando gives you something else and especially coming from New York and that area and going through all the winters with, you know, snow and thunder snow. It's like, it's insane. Oh, it's insane. It's, it's, a, it's a new level. And, and being here and being like, oh, the sunshine, there's something about the sunshine that just it easy like it's it's energizing. it's energizing you don't have those gray winters no. where you're no. and where your kids are stuck in the house for, for six, six months. months yeah well, that's what my, when i moved down here my brother was joking saying oh you'll see you're gonna miss the grays <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, better, but that seasonal disorder that is a real yeah. thing no but so i appreciate the cost of living is a relative thing but i moved from new york to maryland and from maryland to here with a couple of stops in between but i used to joke when we were in maryland that you could have the studio that I lived in in New York um, was more than the mortgage on my home in Maryland. You could have fit that studio into the pool in Maryland, my house in Maryland. My home in Florida is delightfully less than that. Um, you know, for what you get, it's incredible. Like the the public schools here are are incredible. Um, the community is wonderful. I joke that parenting here is like parenting in the 1970s. Like Angelina, you were saying. I mean, the kids sort of go door to door and bike around the neighborhood and play in the alley out back. And it's it it it, it does. I I joke about parenting in the 70s, but it, it, that our that, kids just walk to the park. That would never happen in. But that's and that's like, what it feels like. Like right. child protective services would be knocking on your door. Um, Again, yeah. <laughs> But, but, you know, I, and, and, you know, we dealt with a massive property in Maryland. We were on two and a quarter acres of wooded land and it was a massive amount of work. I used to joke that we lived on a farm with no crops. Tony, I know you, Tony, yeah, yeah, I know you had worse, but 
But no, but when, and when we moved here, what I was looking for was a tiny little lot and not a lot of maintenance. And I've got a guy that I pay to do, you know, the little bit of work that needs to get, to get done every, every couple of weeks. Um, but the thing here, I think that you need to keep in mind when you're looking around is that you, so much of your life exists outside of your home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true. And there is so much of a social life that exists outside of your home when it is, you know, whether you, that you can go out in basically 12 months out of the year. You know, so much of your life and your social life is outside of your house. And so it doesn't matter that you've got a smaller home or a smaller yard because so much of your life exists in whether it's the parks or the community pool or yeah. Typhoon Lagoon or, you know, the, the neighborhood restaurant. Like you're seeing friends out and about so much more and your social life is so much more outside of your home that it doesn't matter that you don't have a basement to hang out in. But also road tripping. Because we're in the middle of the state, so you yeah. can yeah. go. Yeah, completely. You can go Clearwater Beach. You can go to Fort Lauderdale. No, you can hop no, on no. the party ferry from Sarasota to Key West for the weekend and come back. Like it's it's central. You can go to St. Augustine anywhere. So it, it is a fantastic location. And you're right. You don't need an enormous house because you're outside all of the time. Mm-hmm. But you say I completely forgot the one thing that we don't have here. Basements. No basements. Bagels. Storage is the issue. Well, we'll get to. Don't start with me about the food, okay. Maria. Because I'm. Gonna... One, this is one thing I will definitely speak to. The one thing I absolutely, positively had to do when I got here was not have a Florida garage. And I can definitely point to the end on this one. A Florida garage is a garage that does. It's a two-car or three-car garage that does not have any cars in it because it's <coughs> literally full of. Everything you own and crap you need to throw out. Is, can I say crap? No, but you just did. Okay. <laughs> but it's literally just full of stuff that you just should throw out or put shelves up and make it neat. That's the one thing no, I didn't want to do. Yeah, throw it out. Yeah, throw it out. Throw it all out. That's the lesson I learned. Purge, yeah. purge, purge, yeah. purge. Purge, purge, purge. Put shelves up. Make it neat. <laughs> get, did you just call Michael your soulmate? <laughs> make sure you can get at least one car in there. You guys can buy. Yeah. He's got shelves. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's like perfect. I hear the angels sing when I walk into the garage. <laughs> I do want to see it, actually. And, and, your, and, and your network cabling, too. It's oh, sort of, yeah. Yeah, but that was something that we that Lou we learned from Lou's mistakes from your mistakes no I mean I'm saying you're all welcome but we did because that was a very that was a high that was a five figure mistake I made like I was I helped you move stuff around your garage a number of times where there's like no room because you don't realize there's no attics here there's no basements like so it's but it's a good thing it's such a great it's it's like we were so relieved it's there's a it's, it's a good feeling to own less Crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not with the I C did. word. Come Wait, on. My Q rating is going away. a lot of heavy stuff. Oh. <laughs> no, Michael helped. Well, we had a lot of stuff, yeah. but it was such, it was a fraction of what. Yeah. And then they do. No, do you not VCR need it? VCR tapes and the cassettes that my husband was holding on to since 1985. Wait, wait, wait. I do still have a VCR tape. Wait, the other mistake that we made, too, that I don't know if you guys did or not, was. We look when we lived in New Jersey, the last house that we overpaid for, we thought was going to be our forever home. We invested way too much money in it. We bought furniture that fit that center hall colonial home in New Jersey, and then and then brought it down here. We then brought it down here with us, and now it not only does it not fit the Florida lifestyle, but nobody wants it because nobody lives with that with that. 
type of design. Right. So first of all, sell your no, sell your good furniture before you move to Florida because nobody appreciates nobody, here. Nobody wants your fancy room and board stuff that you paid a fortune for that like people would sweep up in forty five minutes in Craigslist if you were living in New York will not sell in Florida. Nobody sell it before you leave. Nobody Forget that. Nobody needs a Narnia cabinet, Lou. <laughs> Listen, you picked this junk out. I didn't even want this stuff. Oh, God. Deanna took the mic. Here we go. Okay, so I love you to death. 20 years ago, I married the love of my life. And everything that I had came with me. So at the point... Wait. We moved here from New Jersey. And at the point, we had to move everything here. You had said to me, we will move it. So we ended up making the decision to put it in storage. Wait, you're putting this on me? (laughs) Time out. You were a very, at that point, forgiving man and said to me, because I was at no state in mind to give anything up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So we agreed to put things in storage. Would you agree that that, that the stuff that we have here, we should have gotten rid of? Wait. So back up. So now, retrospectively, yes. But also remember, we were the first ones to make the leap. So we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. If we knew... But that's why we're that's why we're doing the show because because you're right we we did we were the first people that we knew that made it so we didn't know to do the and that's why we're it is that's why we're doing the show because we don't want people to make the same mistakes what did I Tony I told you like I said let let it go it's stuff we wouldn't have like purged as hard as we did I never would have buried Saint Joseph on the lawn whatever Deanna had. This Listen, every G- single day. We should have. I should have had an affiliate program for St. Joseph oh, statues because we told everybody. To- <laughs> but, no, but, but, simply, but so I'm. Yes, she bought one in Puerto Rico on Amazon. Bought one in Puerto Rico. I gave it to my sister-in-law because we had a two-family house in New York. Right. And we were selling, and I'm like, Jen, we got to bury this in the yard. I right, so, said it has to be in the what? top. Left-hand corner of our yard. We have to go dig it up in the back under the garden. She's like, let's do it. So the takeaway for... Somebody wants a practical takeaway here. So, truly, I'm I'm very lucky because I, I don't have, like stuff attachment so I just throw things away and if I didn't have kids I'd have nothing no seriously I if I if I didn't have kids I'd have nothing in my house but no but truly before you move down here realize the extent to which your life will exist outside of your home because stuff doesn't matter here the quality you know your fancy furniture and your you know none of it matters down here because your life exists outdoors yeah and and Ikea is like 20 minutes away. Oh, my God. So and like, so my, my first, literally my first day here, I arrived in the, after two days drive, and I arrived in the, like maybe around noon, got to the apartment, put the cat out of the bag. And I drove to Ikea, and I was like, and I bought you the furniture. And and that was, yeah, yeah, and I, I was exactly. good to go. Yeah. I was good to go. And Ikea will come and set up your furniture yes. for you, too. Yes. Or I it, can put it together for you. It's the best investment of money <laughs> that you'll... It does, instructions. It does, but, yeah. but there's no words. Yeah. And, in your defense, uh, I, um, we also made that mistake and spent a lot of money moving. 
My husband's endless supply of comic books and IT equipment. So, Which yeah, are so investments. The comic books came, they are the only things I did not throw out. <laughs> Sorry. Lou. Lou. <laughs> we only spend high four figures, not high five figures. Right. And it's. Right. But it, the record show, our, spe- our guest bedroom closet is staffed with comic book boxes. Well, that's. Still. that's okay, but. But that's it. So, but the but the important thing is, it's you take the things that are that are yeah. meaningful and important. The fr- I mean, unless it's a, an ale, it's that's stuff. A, it's stuff. It's just at the right. And to be, in, in the interest of full disclosure, your mom had just passed. Exactly. We had we were we were still sort of recovering from the the massive financial loss that we had on our house, so we just said, hmm? let's just take our stuff that no. we invested in and you being, and, wait, and and wait, move it down here. Truthfully, and you being the amazing human being that you are, you said to me, you know what? If you need to, just pack it. It was basically Tupperware of my mother's, and you said to me, you know what? You can't get rid of it. We'll pack it, and that's who you are. And I appreciate that was a big mistake because it's like it was like it's it was, it's like hoarders. It was like hoarders. But you joke around now because she's at the point where she's right. right she could get rid of it at right. the time. But, 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 but you're right. But the takeaway lesson is we all agree you don't need that stuff. No. You could you could accumulate more stuff. You can buy things. You could. I would rather have less stuff mm-hmm. and clutter. Like clutter. At, right. Tony brought down t- Tony brought down taxidermied animals and his clothes. You know, certain things. I guess you have to take with you. I'm for- so happy he remembered his wife. <laughs> <laughs> but and did he stra- did he strap you did he strap you to the roof like like <laughs> so, so Deanna was like Deanna's complaining. <laughs> but Deanna's complaining about her underwear being on the roof. Like all of Charlene's, we got here and all, we got to your house the night before, and Charlene looks and none of her clothes are with us. They're all in the storage truck. My truck is literally. There, the, the, I, had, I was pulling a trailer holding a seven foot tall bear. Like, that was what I packed. That was what was important. I know. It was Lou's computer. I get it. Right. <laughs> so, it was, it was just- so, yeah, so the advice obviously is, is to purge because you don't need it. You're not going to get any money for it. Down. I mean, we're literally giving away furniture now. Because we no appreciation for it down here, and and truly, like your life exists outside of your home down here, and I think that's the takeaway point. Like we can all joke and tell stories about you know coming down with stuff or not stuff or whatever, but like the ex- it, it's very difficult. Like moving from the northeast or you know mid east down to here, the extent to which your life exists outside of your home, like you really need to kind of try to wrap your head around before you move down, because the more you can get rid of up there, the better value you're going to get before you move down here. Can I just give an example of what? Lisa's talking about your life existing outside of your home. I mean, forget the Disney parks. Last night, my wife and I and our two kids drove about an hour east to the coast. And we did this nighttime kayaking in this amazing um, sort of inlet river, I think the Indian River near Merritt Island. And the water at night is full of these biofluorescent uh, algae. And when you dip your oar in the water, the water around your oar just lights up with this really bright purplish light. And it's just an amazing experience. And Florida is just full of those things. And, you know, if if you're really inwardly focused on what's inside your house, you know, you miss out on so much. And you know, the Disney parks and all that's here, along with all the nature that you have access to and the great weather 
that keeps you, you know, outside and active. It's just a much more active lifestyle. And I think you make a, also a great point about we all can agree, look, we're talking about moving to Disney. Disney was very much a, a contributing factor. We'll talk a little about sort of the honeymoon period in terms of the parks, but there is so much to do beyond the parks. I don't mean other parks. I mean outdoor activities that you just won't find in a guidebook or in a commercial or in one of those travel magazines and stuff like that. And those are the things that not only are, you know, look, as, as parents of kids, those are all the things that you're going to remember. Those are things your kids are going oh, to remember yeah. more than any of the junk. At the end of the day, that's what it is that um, you bring down. And because as an overarching sort of theme, the cost of living, I guess, especially from where we're coming from, is so much less you have a little bit more flexibility with your, you know, with your dollar to do some of those things. Look, the, your, your house is going to cost less on my utility. But let's get to my taxes. So my taxes, when I left New Jersey, were about $19,500 a year. I pay less than $4,500 a year no in taxes, tax. and there's no state income tax. Like, forget any other reason to move to Florida, no state income tax is, is reasonable alone so how much you save. So when people that don't understand would ask me why I'm moving to Florida, that's, that's the reason. So you can sort of file that away as sort of the legitimate reason why you're moving to Florida when you're speaking to people who don't understand the whole Disney thing and the family and all of that. I would always just say, well, there's no income tax there. And it makes sense. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I think you said something important. Like when you said life is a little slower here. And so you also get more time to do the things that you always wanted to do. And it's something that I, you know, I'm trying to adapt because I'm not used to it. You know, you know me, I'm a workaholic and I work seven days a week. I never stop. When I came here, all of a sudden I was like, wait, what do I do with this free time? I was like, I need to do something. And even though, you know, I'm still working like 13 hours a day when I can, because I, at the end of it, I'm sure I enjoy it somehow. But then all of a sudden there's time to go a day trip somewhere, you know, or, running outside or you know exercise or doing stuff that it's I didn't have time back home I just did or you come home you know after a long day in the city and working and you're like I'm done I'm done and your friends like you want to come out I was like I can't even move right now and here it's different and all the things that you are used to or that you had back home you can find here it might not be across the street like when you moved here you're like you need to show me where the comic book stores are and I'm like there is one you might have to drive 15 minutes but they're there, but your utilities are less. Your insurance is less. And, you know, we talk about some of the other contributing factors to move here. We were joking around about not ever having to shovel sunshine. Yeah. The weather is so much nicer. I hear people ask, what about hurricanes? Don't you, get, you know, you have hurricane insurance, but knock on wood, yeah. since, I, you know, we don't – because we're so far inland, too. You know, hurricanes are not really an issue. Other than, of course, we moved – people from New Jersey were like – you're moving to Florida with all the hurricanes, and then New Jersey got hit but with, like, three hurricanes. Yeah. The one thing you should be more concerned about down here, hurricanes hit the center of the state. They don't have a ton of power. I mean, 90-mile-an-hour winds are a lot, but for houses built with proper hurricane codes down here, that's fine. The big thing you need to be concerned about if you're buying a house down here is sinkhole insurance. That's one thing my wife and I went back and forth with with the— Because homeowners yeah. does not, in, yeah. not it cover sinkhole and they right. give they give us a hard time about adding sinkhole insurance, but I'll let my wife Angelina. Right, because for those of you who don't know, there are you know because look, Florida is a very it's a you know the reason why you can't have a basement is because it's so wet. It's a sandbar. It's, it is so there are occasions, including around here, where 
giant holes will form in your backyard. When I say giant holes, I don't mean like a foot across. I mean like a 50-foot hole. Yeah, like your house can fall into a... There are very few and far between. I don't think it's something that you have to say we shouldn't move to Florida because of sinkholes. But you're right. I mean, there is something that you don't... Sinkhole insurance just doesn't exist in New Jersey. And not every insurance company covers it. So I... Although I am not a lawyer, what I do for a living, I read contracts all day, every day. So I encourage anyone who is going to move and buy. Contracts are boring, but you need to read them line by line and understand every single bit of it. And what you'll notice is that most, I'd say 90% of the time, your insurance company that you're going with or that the builder provides to you, because a lot of builders have their own insurance companies and their own mortgage companies, which makes it even easier to buy than what we talked about before. But um, they don't give you 100% sinkhole coverage, and I strongly encourage you to push back on that because they tried to talk me out of it, and I said, well, then I'm not closing, and ta-da, 10 minutes later, I get an email. They found a company to cover it 100% for just $2 more a month. (laughs) So, um, yes, definitely push back, read your contracts, make sure you have the insurance that you need. Um, But back to hurricanes... The great news about all of the new homes being built down here, they could withstand up to, what, Cat 4? Andrew, I think it's yeah. close to Category 4. And your window's up well, to a Category 3. Immediately in the construction is homes here are made of concrete block. Mm-hmm. instead of The first floor, the first floor right. is. Instead of, in most places where I've lived, it's always been, you know, wood-framed house with, you know, the sheetrock and exterior siding. But here, the codes are much higher, and the construction is is much more. I think the biggest um, piece of advice we would give, especially living through Sandy, we were still in New York during Sandy, and then coming down here through whatever they called that, that swept through here. What was that? that Irma. Irma. Um, That monster that looked like it was covering our entire state. Buy a generator before hurricane season. (laughs) They are so cheap. No, it will not power your whole house. You will not power your air conditioning. But it will run your refrigerator. It will run your fans. It will run your lights. Buy a generator. You can get one between 200 and 500 bucks before hurricane season. Because if you wait till hurricane season, it's like trying to buy water in a drought. You're going to pay $2,000 for a $300 generator, and you're going to be sorry. So that is our biggest piece of advice. Um, My recommendation would be to buy a plane ticket out. (laughs) And then stay in touch with your neighbors. And when their power comes back on, come back. That's what we again, And, you know, we're kidding around. I mean, it is... It's the exception rather than the norm. I mean, the the weather issues that you have to deal with is the heat. And some people say, well, how do you deal with the heat here? It's equally as hot in New Jersey and New York and Maryland than it is in Florida. It's worse in New York right. and New Jersey. You stay inside. You go to the pool. There's a, Every community has a pool, even if you don't have one on your own. So I don't think the weather is necessarily a, a huge issue other than, you know, giving away my shovel was one of the... the I agree. For me, it's a plus. And I know, I know people look at me like I'm crazy. I love the weather here. I love the heat. I can handle the heat. Obviously, the humidity. No, I know I'll never have a good hair day ever again in my life. But it's like I, I, <laughs> this compared to New York in the winter. I have friends right now in New York. They're like, it's kind of chilly right now. And I was like, nope, not here. I'm doing good. So I'm loving that. I don't go out till October. Tony knows this. <laughs> She loves the heat. She sold her house in 10 minutes. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> keep going. Keep it up. Like, no, what so, else you got for me? Should I go sit in the, <laughs> go sit in the corner and think about what you said? We're <laughs> waiting for the winter. But no, but I think like from a heat perspective, like if you're coming to Disney on vacation, you're probably rope dropping the parks and sticking around for as long as you can until it closes. And that's not how it is when you're a local here. I mean, if you want to go to the parks, you can, but you're probably not going to be there for 12 to 14 hours. So, you know, like any normal person in the Northeast, when it's, you know, 100 degrees outside, you're home enjoying your air conditioning. And if you want to go out, you go out for a brief period of time. The great, you know, we we moved here from the D.C. area um, and the heat and humidity up there were at least as bad as as they are down here. There's a longer season of warmth down here, but you can also go swimming in February. You don't need to be hot down here unless you you want to be. But what's the biggest perk about living here? I work from home, yes, but it's kind of like being on house arrest because you're actually working, right? You can't leave your house. Yes, just, I do that just, too. Just work. Like <laughs> work, you, work, work. Just like you can't leave your office till a certain time. I think the best part about living down here is if I'm having a bad day, my husband will say, so do you want a fast pass for soaring or do you want it for the safari? What is going to decompress you and the make safari, my life easier? The safari or the, so, boat ride, the Avatar boat ride usually. It is the best part about living But I think this is a, a perfect transition because all this stuff sounds great, but at the end of the day, you got to pay for it somehow, yes. right? So a, a big reason why I hear from a lot of people that they say, it's, it's great what you've done. What you and your friends have done, you've all moved down here. I'm not the only crazy person that's down here. You are mm-hmm. obviously crazy. But they say, I can't do it because I can't leave my job. I, my wife can't leave her job. My kids are in school. Let's talk a little bit about the, the employment issue there. So that concludes just part one of our Moving to Disney Roundtable show. Next week, we're going to look at some of the other important factors like your job. Do you find employment? Do you create a job? Do you go work for Disney or do you just retire down here? What about relationships? Leaving family, finding family. Of course, we'll talk about food. We'll do a little reality check in terms of some of the things that we love about living here, maybe some things that we don't. And we'll also talk about how our Disney experience has changed since we have moved so close to, sometimes literally right behind the magic. We'll hear not just from people who have moved down here solo, but couples and families. We'll also hear from my kids who share their experiences on this journey to South Florida and then finally here to Walt Disney World. We'll also talk about some of the things that we miss from where we grew up or where we came from, as well as a little impromptu top 10 reasons to move to Walt Disney World. This week's Walt Disney World trivia question is brought to you by our friends over at the Kid-Friendly Joke of the Day podcast. It's a daily podcast that parents can enjoy listening to with their kids. You can find the Kid-Friendly Joke of the Day on iTunes or go to kidjokeoftheday.libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Go there, catch up on back episodes, and submit your jokes to them online. Again, listen and subscribe on iTunes to Kid-Friendly Joke of the Day. Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details 
in what you see or hear, maybe even eat. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week's question was pretty straightforward. I just asked you to identify where in the world, as in the Walt Disney World, can you find Professor Cumulus Isobar? And again, thanks to the hundreds of you who answered, got this one correct, even gave me some tips in terms of how and where you can best spot the professor. But he is, of course, located on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. He is that sort of snake oil salesman who's claiming to be able to summon rain for the tiny town of Tumbleweed, which, as we know, is currently flooding. And if you look while you're on the attraction, you can find him in the back of his wagon bailing out water. And if you look very carefully as you go by, although you do go by pretty quickly, you'll see that his wagon actually says he is a rainmaker extraordinaire and purveyor of magical elixirs. Now, his name, of course, is a whimsical tongue-in-cheek nod to the weather as cumulus is a kind of cloud and isobar is a measure of barometric pressure. Now, the best way to see the professor is actually not on Big Thunder Mountain itself, but as you're on the Walt Disney World Railroad, you can board and take a, a sort of a slower look at Big Thunder Mountain and get a really good shot of the professor and his wagon. And one last bit of somewhat useless trivia is legendary Imagineer Tony Baxter mentioned the film The Seven Faces of Dr. Lau as part of the inspiration for that rain wagon gag and joke that the professor is part of. Anyway, I took all of the correct entries that didn't need any or all of that information other than Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, randomly selected one, and again, last week you're playing for all of my digital products, which includes my 102 Ways to Save Money for an At Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tour of the secrets, histories, and stories of the lands of the Magic Kingdom, all of which, by the way, still available, $10 in the shop, but I digress. A, a new WW Radio vinyl sticker for your car or your laptop and a WW Radio pop socket for your phone. So last week's winner, randomly selected, is Allison Amelin. So Allison, congratulations. You use the online form, so I have your shipping information. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So it's the most wonderful time of the year, not because of pumpkin spice lattes, which I understand I'm now supposed to call PSLs, Uggs, and down vests, but because of the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. Insert dramatic pause for thunderous applause. Anyway, because the festival is going on, I thought I would ask you a question for this week's contest about the festival, which is very simple. Tell me, in what year was the very first Epcot food and wine festival held in Epcot Center. There you go. You have until Sunday, September 9th at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast. Again, you're going to play for the books, the tours, the stickers, and the pop socket. And, and don't forget, there is another way to win other than just answering questions on the trivia contest on the podcast. Join me on Wednesday nights on the live show because I'm going to give you another new way to enter, but the prize packages are going to be different and unique and sometimes special. And I'll give you a link on the Wednesday night show as to exactly where to go and what and how you can win. So don't forget to tune in every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at facebook.com slash WW Radio. Join our box people group on Facebook 
www.radio.com slash community. Make sure you turn on notifications. This way you're notified every time I go live for an additional chance to win very, very special prize package. So for this week, good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much once again for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Whether it is your first time listening or your 534th, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate you and the time that you spend and share with me. I also want to thank and welcome some of the new members of the WW Radio Nation family, including Anthony Horath, Rob James, Alexa Kazirsky, Nicole Harnois, Nathan Gray, Greg Mack, Bill Swan, Michaela Jane Roy, and Benjamin Bobier. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your support of the show. And if you want to not only help the show, but like these guys, get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts. We have a private Facebook group, magic band covers, logo gear, shirts, care packages every month from Walt Disney World. Opportunities only for WW Radio Nation members to join me and be part of the show. We also do exclusive live video group calls, lots more, including early access to special events, to find out more, visit www.radio.com support. And also don't forget that a portion of your contribution does go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. And always know that this show has not always just been for you, but also by you and something that I want to do with you. So if you want to be heard on the air, call in with a voicemail, 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-9391. It could be a question, a comment, or just a hello from the parks. If you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. And I'd love to hear your feedback about our mo- our first part of our Moving to Disney show. So if you go to www.radio.com slash community, that will not only take you to our Box People group on Facebook, which I invite you to join and introduce yourself in, but that's where conversations, not just about this episode, but really anything that you want to talk about should exist. So again, go to www.radio.com slash community. You can also connect and chat with me elsewhere on social. I am at Lou Mangello on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. And of course, as much as I love connecting with you online, I still am a firm believer that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I continue to do a decade later, meets of the month, every month in Walt Disney World. The next one is going to be during our e-ticket event weekend, And it's going to be Sunday, September 23rd at 11 a.m. at the Electric Umbrella in Epcot Center. I invite you and ask to please RSVP. It's obviously free and everybody, including kids, are welcome to attend. But if you can please go to our events page at facebook.com slash Radio, Just let us know that you're coming there. You'll also find out about other upcoming events, meets of the month, on-the-road events, running team events, and more. As I often, just like I did last month, do meetups on the road as I travel to speak. And again, if I can maybe come to speak at your school, your event, your conference, or to your business, whether it's about building your brand, doing what you love, leadership lessons from Walt Disney, inspiring students, customer service, social media, podcasting, and anything in between, visit lumangelo.com to find out more. Also, if I can help you individually, turn that thing that you love, this idea or this passion or this project or business into what you do. You can find out more about small group and one-on-one coaching. 
Also, don't forget about my Momentum Weekend Workshop, October 6th and 7th here in Walt Disney World. I've just announced a list of speakers and sessions for this year's event. Again, our keynote speakers are Ashley Eckstein from Her Universe, Dan Cockrell, the former vice president of Magic Kingdom, Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios. We're also going to talk about things like creating and marketing video content, the big bad content creation beast itself, Pecha Kucha sessions, podcasting, the struggle of entrepreneurship, money mindset, tools to market and promote yourself. There'll be workshop sessions. I'll be sharing 10 lessons I've learned in 10 plus years of entrepreneurship and lots more. I hope that you can join us. There's, right now, there's less than five seats left and only 50 people who are in attendance. I also have two spots remaining for our Tuesday Mastermind. If you go to lumangelo.com, click on the Momentum tab. You can find out more. I'm also happy to help answer any questions that you might have. Just shoot me an email or Facebook message. Also, I want to thank, as always, my... I hate to call them sponsors because Becky and Mouse Fan Travel are really more like partners and friend because it's who I use, it's who I recommend as I have been for more than a decade because I love them and I trust them, not just for my family's vacations, but more importantly for yours as well. So if you're going to World, Land, Cruise, Aulani, anywhere on the planet, Becky and her team of agents are going to give you the best prices possible with incredible level of personal service, which is most important, and also it comes at no cost to you. You can find them over at mousefantravel.com and visit celebrationspress.com to subscribe and order back issues of Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link to this episode on Facebook or in your favorite Facebook group or on Twitter. And if you can, take 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. It's incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Shamley HJ. I can't read it. Shamley HJ, who says, Lou's amazing. I've been listening to Lou for a few years now, as well as watching him on YouTube. He's always so kind and extreme, extremely knowledgeable. Thank you on anything Disney. You feel like he's your friend you've known for years. That's exactly the idea. He's so welcoming and kind to everybody who talks to you can see the joy and love in Disney and everything that he does. I'm so happy to have this wonderful podcast to listen to. Wow, thank you. Fred Abley says it's an excellent Disney podcast. By the way, Fred Abley is going to be speaking at Momentum. He says with so many podcasts out there, you don't have to search anymore. It's the podcast that brings us all back home to Disney. Lou's passion for Disney is only beaten by his passion for his listeners. Fred, I thought you were going to say my passion for food. His upbeat style and ability to connect with us is simply a gift. And simply put, it's a Disney it's Disney in a podcast. You can have it with you whether you're walking down Main Street with an audio guide or hopping on your business flight 3,000 miles away from Disney or walking to your dinner reservation at the Boathouse in Disney Springs. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Fred. And Alice in Disney Mom says, I've been listening for three weeks and continue to wonder, how can I be such a Disney fan never knowing about Lou Mangello's amazing podcast? I'm now caught up with all the 2018 episodes and while waiting for the next one, I've gone all the way back to the beginning, and I'm now on episode 10. Wow. WWE Radio is the perfect way for me to stay connected with home. And JB Cool 77 says, best podcast ever. It quenches my thirst for Disney knowledge and history, but also makes me hungry for more Disney, food pun intended. So JB Cool, Allison Disney Mom, uh, Fred Abley, and Sham Lay JJ, thank you guys so very much to you and everybody who has left a rating and review either 
on iTunes or on Facebook or Twitter. I really do appreciate you. And once again, I appreciate you for taking the time to listen and to share and for the love and the friendship and support you extend me even just by listening to the show. I I am incredibly grateful and you have given me the gift of not just being able to move to Florida and pursue my passion, but the gift of happiness and joy every single day, being able to do this and share it with you. And I hope that this show and the other stuff that, that I and we do together brings a little bit of that to you. And whatever that thing is that you love or do or want to do, if I can help, let me know. But don't forget, always, always, always put everything that you have into everything you do. Don't do it halfway. Always give 100%. And as a wise man once said, keep moving forward. I hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hello, Lou Mangiello. This is Chris. Amelia. Adrian. Thanks. We met you uh, last week at uh, Chicken Guy. Uh, we wanted to call from uh, the Vicky's Not So Scary uh, Halloween uh, party and just say hi. Say we're having a great time, and it was great to meet you uh, last week. And we got a lot of candy. Yes. There was lots of candy and lots of fun. Uh, lots of people, too. But just wanted to call and say hi and uh, say happy Halloween to everyone. All right? Ready? Say happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Halloween. Happy. All right. Trick or treat. Bye, so Wendy. All right. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flower Town, PA, and Alyssa Morrison. Alyssa Morrison. <laughs> and Emma Parkinson. Okay. So I told you we would call in from the pickled chef. So we're sitting outside. We're getting ready to head back to um, Philadelphia area. It was awesome. Awesome meeting you, meeting other people. Actually, I'm going to stay in touch with um, with Heather. So thank you so much. And, Deanna, you did an awesome job uh, coordinating all of this. And, man, I would do it again. I would do it again. It was so much fun being around other And we had a really, really nice time. So I'm going to go get some coffee. I have enough gas to get home, coffee, and, and I'll see you guys in the box on Wednesday night. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou, this is Idris Shakur. Uh, we're loving the podcast that we just discovered. And uh, as promised, here's my daughter Zoe singing her new favorite song. She loves it. Yeah, we love it. Thanks, Lou. Take care. Hello, Lou Mangiello. It's Darlene Yegi from West Seneca, New York, calling in with the countdown. 27 more days until we hit Walt Disney World again with the Sternbergs. And then you guys got like 36 more days until Momentum. And then 407 until Japan. That's going to be an adventure. And there's also the September 21st. Uh, an e-ticket adventure in Walt Disney World with who knows what's going to go on. We're going to keep that a big secret because I don't know what's going on. I wish I wasn't going to miss that one. Missing it by one week, missing momentum by a day. Oh, but you guys are going to have a blast. Have a magical night and happy Labor Day. Bye.